It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Which players do Landon and I disagree on the most in this year's class? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys. Your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network. Your on. team Locked every on. day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are just one sleep away from mm. the NFL draft. How you doing, sir? I think I've made this comment every year, but every year on the Wednesday before draft or, you know, previously the Thursday before draft, uh, I, I think of the, the, the Disney World commercial. Right, the the I'm too excited to sleep commercial. That's exactly how uh, I feel. Yeah, that's how we are. And so, uh, the, the best way to kind of get that energy out of us so that we can you know sleep tonight is for you and I to get into an absolute brawl. Drag out our brawl. Uh, yes. a drag out brawl. This is going to be the last uh, episode of this podcast, guys. Yes. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed us, the run. <laughs> two, two podcast hosts enter, one podcast host leaves, and uh, we're going to be debating our horizontal boards and yeah. where we have some of these players ranked. And let's just jump right into it. So if yeah. you are watching this on YouTube, you are seeing the, the boards that Landon and I have kind of created. Now, not every player that's going to be drafted is on here. These are just the guys yeah. that we have watched and put them into grades. So again, if you're on YouTube watching this, you can see Landon, his players are in the black lettering. Mine are in the red lettering. We've got a couple or we want to call them hot button players, hot button yeah. issues we want to get to. Yeah. Uh, and let's let's start with a couple guys that are expected to go in the first or second round. I want to start with Osiris Torrance, a guard from Florida. You have a first round grade on him. I've got him more of a kind of mid-second to later second round grade. I believe overall my board is like 35th or 36th. Um, why are you so high on him and why are you wrong? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I think he's, he's just a very good player, man. He's he really is. Dumb. He really is. Uh, he, he's, 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 I, I think he's this classic kind of player where he doesn't have a ton of flaws. Um, he, he's uh, incredibly skilled. He's done it at a different types of competition. He took a step up from uh, a lower level of competition to follow his coach, uh, uh, to Florida and, and, and then just stepped right into the SEC and went through the entire season without giving up a sack. 
um, and just played very well. I I think even the reason that he isn't considered to be a a generally higher prospect is he's a guard only. And he, I mean, I don't even know that he's got center flexibility here. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, and then I think even more specific to that, I think he's 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 a guard for a team that's going to be play, wanting to play a lot of gap man scheme stuff. Like I, I think he could definitely play zone. Like I, I think that's that's something that you know he's he's a very talented player, so he has the ability. But I think that you're getting the most out of him if you're in that kind of system and and not like squ- you know squaring him into a round hole, right? Like I, I think. That's why a lot of teams may kind of struggle with taking him later in the first round because if he isn't a perfect fit on, on for what they're doing in their offensive scheme, they may not value him at the same rate that I do. Well, and you, that's exactly why I have him just a little bit lower than you. And it's just I really value the guards that can play multiple positions. Just sure. you never know what's going to happen on a Sunday. You never know what injuries are going to pop up. And frankly, you never know what your roster is going to look like two years from now, right? You might stumble into two really good guards, and all of a sudden there's not a spot for Osiris Torrance to play. Yeah. So comparing him to like Steve Avila, who we both have very, graded very similarly, hey, if if you got two awesome guards, you can play Avila at center. We haven't even seen him play tackle at TCU I just knocked him a little bit because of the position flexibility and probably having to be in one specific type of scheme. Yeah. And, and again, like that's the difference between me, uh, between him and Avila for me is that Avila has all those things. But the reason that I don't have Avila ranked higher necessarily is because when we're talking about playing the position of guard that he's going to be drafted in, I think Osiris Torrance is just a better player right now. I agree. Uh, Let's go through a couple more. Um, I'm actually just looking at this right now. I see Josh Downs, the wide receiver from North Carolina. You got him uh, in round two. I've got him at the bottom of round three. Actually, if I pull up my big board, he's pretty far down there. I'm I'm, I'm even trying to look at him now. I think I have yeah, 64th overall third round grade. Um, What are your thoughts on Downs? I just think that these, you know, and, and maybe I'm still a year or two too early on these guys, but I just think that these are the kind of players that uh, uh, that are going to start getting drafted higher now, you know, because they the really got the really good sort of diminutive uh, water bug type players who can get open and create space uh, as we kind of continue on in, in the pass heavy league. Uh, these guys are going to uh, get get more value, uh, so I, I think. This is probably more a case of, uh, I think, of my thoughts on the changing nature of the uh, value of these types of players as opposed to a disagreement on, mm-hmm. like, the player himself. Um, I, I think, obviously, he has incredible limitations, uh, and he's a slot-only player in a lot of ways. But I think that if you have a need for this guy – uh, and you want to get him, and and you and you have the, if you're looking to add a dynamic player who could be a you know I mean, we we know what this player is a slot mm-hmm. kick returner punt returner type that can also be kind of a gadgety player uh, who who you can also use on a regular basis maybe as a Z when he's not in the slot you're probably going to have to draft those guys a lot higher than you have previously like I said I could easily be a, a year early on this but. That's where I imagine if you're going to want to Josh Downs, you're probably going to have to take him in the second round. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree. I, my thing is I have no issue taking slot receivers. Actually, in round one, it doesn't bother me at all. And 
you can kind of see that where I Jackson have Zay Smith Fla- and Jigba. Yeah, yeah it's, Smith, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I don't have a problem with that. And I don't have a problem with smaller receivers either. I, I really like Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be one of my favorite possible picks the Cowboys could make in round one. My yeah. issue with Downs is I was expecting him to be a lot more dynamic after the catch. And if you're going to be a five foot, eight and a half receiver with average speed, I want you to be awesome after you get the ball in your hands. I thought he was just fine. So I put those guys that are just kind of, you know, small and fine in round three. And that's fair. I mean, I, like I said, I think that it's our disagreements are not about the player. I don't think here it's yes. about the value of this position and where it is currently. You could end up being very right. Uh, I, he may get drafted in the second round, uh, and that may indicate that I was right, but yeah. not necessarily. You know, it, it, it just it just means where we're valuing yes. these guys, and, and every team's going to be different. By the way, you have Zay Flowers as a round one grade. I have him as a round two grade. Yet that would be one of my favorite picks that the Cowboys could make. At uh, listen, this is the madness that I went through these, these last two days, like trying to put this together because – uh, and I'll give you another example of that. When we did the Steve Avila, uh, yeah. Jamar Gibbs uh, conversation, like yeah. I, I, I had to sit there, see, just to kind of peek behind the curtain, this is my true vertical board. So like we, we shouldn't be comparing Marcus's because I, I try to put them in there so we can have this conversation. But this, I just overlaid on my true vertical yeah. board. And I really struggled with Jamar Gibbs and Steve Avila because I wanted to put Avila as my top of the second round grade uh, but if I put Gibbs there, it would probably indicate that I like them equally. Exactly. And it's I don't. So tough. And so this is the problem with doing these kind of boards. All right. Let's get to uh, some more players that we have some disagreements on, including some big disagreements uh, next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. You've absolutely got to try it. If you're like me and you're trying to you know, be a little bit healthier as we're getting into the summer, but you don't want to compromise on taste, we've got the thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. You're not even going to know that they're good for you. That's how great they taste. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. We've been telling you, it feels like years, that you can go to Built.com and order. Yeah, it it has been. (laughs) Go to Built.com. You can order all your same boxes over there. But if you live close to a Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. You can pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puff. Or if you live near a Sam's Club, run uh, run in there, get a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank us later. We also want to let you guys know about the Locked On NFL Scouting Show. You can join Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino and other Locked On NFL local experts as they're going to be doing a live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will be live during the first two days of the draft. And then on Saturday, they're going to get you caught up on every single round, kind of recapping you. Join the draft dudes for the first round tomorrow night live on YouTube on the Locked On NFL Scouting page at 7.30 Eastern time. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, let's talk about some other players that we have big disagreements on. And let's stay on offense uh, because Jonathan Mingo, he's somebody that you have a second-round grade on. I have him at the bottom of my third-round um, he, we, we've ta- talked about him before wide receiver, old mess. I, I just really struggle with this guy to be honest. Yeah. that looks like it. Cause you have him graded all wrong. Um, <laughs> I, uh, these, these guys that play in these weird wide open offenses, I just don't know how to grade them. Yeah. But I mean, as, as a, as a great evaluator once, once told you, uh, I think that there's a, there's a reason to gamble on these, uh, height, weight, speed guys. Right. Uh, so Listen, I think here's here's the bottom line with me and Mingo. I think he's part of what what dictates value in the draft to me is um, inter or intra draft scarcity, right? So like players who they don't have a lot of other types similar to them in the same draft, I think they can rise up a little bit because if you're looking for a very specific type of defensive tackle, wide receiver, cornerback, whatever. The, the scarcity in the draft can actually drive up individual players. I think that this is a case where you've got a wide receiver. You don't have a ton of wide receivers who can kind of fit that mold of the X receiver, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about it with Cedric Tillman. We talked about it with uh, Quentin Johnson. Um, these are guys that, you know, can fit that kind of mold and, and win on, on deep slants that can win d- deep, uh, that are bigger, that can, you know, physical play on the line, get off of press coverage. Uh, it, you know, for me, I think Mingo is one of the only guys uh, that kind of fits that mold, that can play that position, even though he didn't really play it too much in college. Uh, I think physically he has the traits to become a really good X receiver. Uh, and and it's just what we just said. I'm banking on I'm traits, banking on traits, right? Like, I, 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 it's not, and I don't like him as much as Tillman because I think Tillman's a little bit more refined and has similar, if not just as good, uh, Jonathan Mingo's kind of athleticism. But I, I think that the reason I'm, you know, bullish on Mingo is that that ath- kind of athleticism for that type of body type is rare, and it's he performed in an SEC offense. I understand it was very gimmicky. That Cedric Tillman's offense was also very gimmicky, uh, but I, I think that that those are the kind of traits that we'll bank on, and especially for the Cowboys, who uh, you know X is the one position where they probably don't have someone who is a clear front runner at that spot. So, of all the receivers that are projected to go in the first two hundred picks in this year's draft, Mingo is the only one over two hundred and five pounds that ran in the four fours. Yeah, he's it. Like you're right. Like this is, it is a rare body type, especially in this class, and that's why I think he is getting bumped up. Is because we just don't have a lot of those big receivers. I, again, I my question for him is just everything that I saw from him in college was in the slot, on a lot of RPO stuff where he's running wide open down the middle of the field, 
And I just sometimes struggle to see how that's going to translate in the NFL. And we talked about this yesterday with Jalen Hyatt, right? Like you, you have the Hyatt quite a bit higher than I do for the same exact reasons. Like how does that kind of stuff translate in the NFL? I don't know. And I'm probably going to be wrong on both players. Um, but that, that is somebody we disagree on. Uh, I want to go to running backs because mm. that's another position where we have some disagreements. You have Kendra Miller, the running back from TCU in the third round. I have him in the fourth round. Um, I have Zach Evans from Ole Miss in the third round. You have him in the fourth round. So can you explain the reasoning for why you have Miller and Evans where they are? You just hate running backs, and that's and I and I, I don't mind. That's not true at all. I've <laughs> no, got look how many true. running backs I have on this top one hundred. I'm just kidding. Uh, look, I, I think you know you and I had this conversation when we talked about these running backs specifically. I think you are valuing Zach Evans uh, a lot more than I am because I don't like that type of runner. You know, like he takes a lot. He needs a lot of runway. He needs. Um, he has incredible athleticism, but there is some. McFadden to his game, right? Yeah. Where he, he needs a little bit to take off. He's not necessarily uh, a great zone runner. Um, no. I, I think, you know, he has some ability. He has a little bit more wiggle to him than, than uh, you saw with, with McFadden at times. But, like, that breaks tackles. It doesn't mean that he's, like, breaking tackles and running away from guys all the no. time. So I like him. I just think that his skill set is – um, it's not as unique uh, or as difficult to find, and so I just I, I just don't know what he does exceptionally well, except for break tackles, I guess. Right? Once once he, but that's really it's second not even breaking tackles. tackles. Yeah, second level tackles, right? Yeah. It's not breaking tackles yeah. in the hole. It's like once he gets some momentum, he becomes like uh, the juggernaut, right? What yes. the, 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 the X Men character? You can't be you can't be stopped. Uh, so. I think that that's that kind of uh, player is is easier to find in other spots, and that's why I, I kind of didn't have them as high as. Them. And I just, it's actually it's perfect that we had these players where we do because I value athleticism so much at running back. Like if you're going to draft a running back after the top seventy five pick, just take one that's a, a fantastic athlete, and we'll try to basically coach you up to be a good running back, right? I I value tools, but I think there's no doubt Kendra Miller is the more polished ready-to-go NFL player. And if you're just looking in round three or round four for a guy that can come in right away and give you 14 carries a game, that probably is Kendra Miller. Yeah. I I, I mean, obviously I agree because that's where I've got him. <laughs> I, I, I think he's the guy that I – mean, thank you for making my point. I, 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 think, I, I think he's the guy that, you know, of these like kind of past Charbonneau, right? Like once you get past Charbonneau, I think he is the guy – that makes the most sense as someone that you would want to feature immediately as he's healthy, right? Yes. Uh, or, or, or at least you could feel comfortable featuring him immediately when he's healthy. I think Roshan Johnson, Evans, Kane, Spears, uh, you know, all these guys, Bigsby, it doesn't really matter where they're ranked. The rest of these guys, I would like to see the, I, I, I feel like they need to be paired with another running back. I would feel I still feel very good about pairing Kendra Miller with somebody too. Yeah, but I feel like he's the one guy of those guys that doesn't. I think he could carry the load for a little bit more than say Zach Evans or Roshan Johnson. All right, let's talk about some defensive players that we disagree on next. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just want to let you guys know about Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special. It's here. It's bigger than ever. Follow along. All 32 teams first pick in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available on Lockdown NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Landon, let's talk about a couple of defensive linemen. Uh, let's start with Keanu Benton uh, from Wisconsin. You have a firm second-round grade on him. I've got him in the third round, actually a little bit closer to the fourth round. I know the splashes are really good, and we saw him perform really well at the Senior Bowl. I, I just didn't love his tape, but apparently you, you're, you believe he could be a starting-level defensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of like looking at the the journey a little bit with him, right? Like, I agree that the tape didn't necessarily – based just on tape, I probably would have given him a very similar grade. But I really did like what I saw from him at the Senior Bowl, and I felt like it was an added dimension that we hadn't seen from him previously. So I, I wonder if there hasn't been some improvement. And, and specifically the reason that I, it moved the grade is because it's in the area of pass rush, right? Like yeah. that's – yeah. That's the area where it, on tape you didn't see it necessarily very well developed. You didn't see great hand usage. You didn't see a guy who necessarily knew how to unlock all the skills that he had. I think when we saw – and look, pass rush drills in, in at, at uh, Senior Bowl is not the end-all be-all. It no, certainly isn't no. the same thing as, as tape. I, I'm not implying that. But what you saw from a skill development uh, standpoint from, uh, from Benton – at that point in the senior bowl versus what you saw on tape, I thought he had moved the needle quite a bit. You add that in with the fact that he had, you know, I think if you go back and listen to the locked on shows that we had, then I, I had issues with him at the time, not being uh, stout enough as a run defender for what I felt like he was going to be playing in the NFL. I think with the additions uh, that you saw or the you know improvement that you saw in, in the senior bowl, uh, it, it actually makes some more sense for him to be kind of a not just a specifically uh, nose tackle like run stuffing nose tackle, but a guy who can play some nose tackle for you early and then and then actually rush the passer and, and be someone who pushes a pocket. Uh, and that's why I kind of put him up there in the bottom of the second round because uh, I think his ceiling. I think he, I, he it, this is a guy who I feel like could be potentially on the rise and mm-hmm. playing better football in the NFL than he did in college. And you nailed why I'm a little concerned about him. Is I just don't know what his anchor looks like in the run game, right? And, there. and maybe I've been scarred by Neville Gallimore, right? Like this athletic pass rushing defensive tackle. He, you can't get on the field because they just don't hold up in the run game. And I, I'm not saying Benton's going to have that same no issue no. to that degree, but it is my like concern. Like you've got to at least be functional as a run defender. And I think you saw it at times at Wisconsin. I, I'm just not sure. That's all. It's it's listen, and the other thing I'll mention is the same thing that we mentioned when we we talked about uh, uh, Byron Young or not Byron Young. I'm sorry, Calvin. Uh, scroll down to the bottom. The Cal, the Cal Illinois defensive tackle, nose tackle, uh, all the way to the bottom. 
Calvin oh. uh, Avery, sorry, the Illinois yeah. nose tackle, right? Th- this is another guy, Benton, who f- faced three or four of the best centers in, 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 in all of college football during his season, right? You know, mm-hmm. playing in that division as a nose tackle, as a defensive tackle, it's not easy. You know, there's yeah. lots of good interior offensive linemen. So uh, I, I think there is some, some truth to what you're saying. Obviously, that's, that, that's exactly what I said about Benton when we first talked. I, I do wonder if he can't develop and look put better run defense on tape. Uh, you know, now that he's faced some of these top end guys and, and, and gotten a little bit better hand usage through pass rush. Uh, the the last guy, or actually, we have two more guys to get to. One of the biggest disagreements that we have is on Northwestern uh, defensive tackle Adetambiwa Adabare. I think I got it. Wow, close. well done. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, you have him as a first round grade. I have him as a third round grade. The athleticism is historically great running a four four nine at 283 pounds i mean you could draft him inside the top 75 for his athleticism alone i'm just not quite sure where to play him yet and that's why i have a third round grade but clearly you like him more yeah and and i put him as a as an interior defensive lineman but i I could have easily put him as an edge because i see him as an inside outside guy i i think he definitely can reduce down and rush the passer as a three technique i think you could put 10 pounds on him if he'll take it and he could play three technique if you wanted. Uh, but I also think that he could be a really, really valuable inside outside player. You know, we, mm-hmm. we just have not seen the development of those types of players uh, at an elite rate in, in a long time. And, and I think this guy has the kind of rare athletic traits to be a valuable player, not just a tweener, but a guy who is both a defensive and a defensive tackle uh, this is a guy who, you know, clearly has his best football. Yeah, um, and I think, I think the fifth, the guy, the comparison that I heard that really made it click for me was Rashawn Gary, right? Like Rashawn hmm. Gary is not an inside outside guy, but he is a bigger defensive tackle with a elite level athleticism similar to Tommy's, right? Uh, and I think that I had some doubts about this guy coming into the league. And then he came in, and it took him a little while, but he has become a very, very good power rusher and a good player for for the for as an edge rusher. Though, like, do you think do you think he's going to play edge in the NFL? I think he can play edge in the NFL. Yeah, I think he has that sort of athleticism. But I, 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 I guess the question is, what is he going to play on third down when it's time to when it's time to rush the passer? Probably and, defensive and, tackle. Right? I think he probably would be a defensive tackle. Yeah, and I, I, but I also think that he could be a guy that is an elite run defensive end uh, uh, who can, you know, if they decide to play action pass, can still get around the tackle and win uh, who can kick in and become a very, very good interior pass rusher. So um, he has a very different body type than a lot of, than almost any other player we've seen. Um, But I I think his impact, his upside impact, even though they're very, very different players could be like Chandler Jones ish, right? Mm. Where, you kind of move him in and out where you need him, uh, and he finds a way to win. Chandler Jones does it with long arms and explosiveness. This guy does it with just pure explosiveness. Yep. Uh, last one uh, that we really disagreed on. Uh, Jaquelin Roy, a defensive tackle from LSU. I believe you have him in the third round. I, I have him late fifth round. Again, I, I know that there's draft scars out there for me that I just haven't got over. And like Tommy Togiai is kind of the guy that he reminded me a little bit from Ohio yeah. State. Remember when we were talking about Tommy Togiai? Sure. Right. It's like a th- sub 300 pound nose tackle that doesn't have great athleticism. Like, where do you, 
how does that guy win in the NFL? And I guess that's that's my issue with Jake Weldon. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I see a guy who uh, has, you know, the, the power that you need right away in the NFL. And, and, and I think that's not, not surprising for a nose tackle. This is, this is not a guy that you're going to worry about his ability to kind of take on double teams or, or, or play strong against the run. Um, I'm just kind of looking over at my, at my notes. You know, I think the thing that I really like at him um, is that he's not quite explosive enough to be a three technique, but even as a nose tackle, he has good hand movements. You, you have, you'll see him backdoor plays with a, with a quick swim move. You know, he, he gets into the backfield at times, like, and, and, and he has pretty good lateral quickness for a guy that is uh three Oh five. And, and, mm-hmm. and I mean, he, plays like he's 315 or 320 i mean he's just he's got such heavy hands yeah. and strong hands um and so i see a guy that you know there is some pass rushing uh upside there uh, it's but it's upside it's not it certainly isn't developed he does have some hand stuff that works well for him that he can develop he is just a kind of pinballing nose tackle so i do feel like you could put him in the middle of a pass rush and he could just push the pocket um, so I, I think that when you've got that kind of uh, nose tackle upside, and look, I, I don't want to play him at three technique, but he could play three technique, like yep. you know, at like early downs especially. Uh, and I think that that's valuable. And, and and doing so in the SEC, I think it was kind of easy to kind of lose track of a, a player like this. But um, he's got a ton of experience against good quality opponents. You know, nose tackles that can rush the passer a little bit have a little bit more value. And again, going back to the intra-draft scarcity, there's just not a ton of great interior defensive linemen. If this was another year, I probably would have bumped him down another yep. round. But I think there's just not a ton of these guys in the draft. Uh, and so you're probably going to have to go maybe a round earlier than you would have. And we know the Dallas Cowboys like him quite a bit. I, I got to imagine day three, early day three, maybe that's their fourth round pick. I do know that the Cowboys have a lot of interest there. So... I, again, I'll probably be wrong. I'll probably be too low, but that's a uh, guy that's a little bit of a hot button topic between you and I. What, I. what I've learned the most after looking at this board is you and I agree on a lot of these players, and we see them very similarly. There's just a couple guys that, depending on the role or how you view that position kind of going into the NFL, is how we, we differ on a few. Yeah, I think the process of how we stacked our boards was different. Um, and, and that's fine that, yeah. you know, but, but I think that seeing the players very similarly, uh, that, you know, that's probably because we've, <laughs> we spent all off season talking yes. about them, you know? And so, yes. uh, yeah, I, I think it was great to kind of parse that out and see exactly what the differences are. And, and now we're ready to draft, baby. Let's do it. We are here. The, the NFL draft is finally here. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lot on Cowboys your first listen every single day. And we want to thank you for listening to this entire draft cycle, yeah. right? It's been, it's been absolutely crazy. We've covered a lot of players, a lot of different scenarios. Landon, you and I will actually be back tomorrow before the draft, just to kind of wrap up any rumors and rumblings that we're hearing. And then late on Thursday night after the Cowboys pick, or maybe don't pick depending on what they do. Uh, we'll be here to break it all down and get you ready for day two. Follow Layden on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a big day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.